What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. We'll be joined shortly by co-host Jonathan Miklos. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. I know we've been out for a couple of Sundays, but we're back. You know, we had to recharge our batteries after all the football, after everything that happened. We were here, I think, two weeks ago, or maybe it was last Sunday night. Jonathan, when when were we last on? Because... I felt like maybe last Sunday night we were on, or my my time all messed up. Uh, I think we were on last Sunday. Okay, well, it just seems like we weren't. But, hey, welcome anyway. What do I know? But if you you just got through watching one of the biggest upsets I've seen in the NBA this year, Jonathan, Golden State favored 17.5 points on the road at L.A. Kobe came to play, and the Lakers took care of business today. Surprised me. Yeah, they really did. It caught me off guard. Never saw that coming. Uh, Didn't know the Lakers had it in them, but is that a good sign for the future? Maybe for next year without Kobe, they they draft very well. You know they're going to get a good draft pick, keep building on what they they have now. The Lakers in the next two or three years could be a serious, serious contender in the West. Um. I mean, they should be. Uh, where with Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell, uh, I think the big thing for the Lakers is uh, with this new uh, cap boom is you know and Kobe's contract coming off the books is what free agent they're going to be able to get because I mean it's still LA they're still the Lakers they're still going to be able to draw a big name of some sort so I'm interested to see how they do there uh, I mean I can almost see. And it's this where Durant. We, we could see Durant and Westbrook because, you know, Westbrook went to UCLA. So, I, you know, Durant this year, maybe Westbrook next year. It's a very interesting uh, idea as to what could happen. Uh, I'm intrigued. I really am. Well, speaking of intrigue, Jonathan, we don't talk politics much on this show, but how intrigued are you with the uh... – with the debates going on right now, and especially the Republican side, the GOP, is, is this not good stuff? I mean, when you watch these debates, is it not just hilarious to be able to watch some entertainment? You know, this time of year in sports, there's not much entertainment. We're about to get there with March Madness, but haven't you had fun watching Donald Trump on TV? Uh, I would say entertaining would be the right word, uh, and, and it's odd to say that for a political forum, uh, but entertaining to say the least between Trump and Cruz and Rubio, how, how all that has uh, shaken out. Um, I'll I tell you what, 
I'll be interested to see how the general election is going to go. You know, at this point, I think it's locked down between Donald and Hillary unless either one of them commits a political suicide. So I really can't wait for those debates. Oh, man, can you imagine? Get the popcorn ready. But I do think we're going to have a problem with that. I, I don't think Hillary Clinton's going to be there. I think I think she's going to be indicted. I don't know if she's going to be able to run or not by June. That's that's my guess. But Donald versus Hillary, possibly that could that could be great. But I still don't think the Republican Party is ready to let Donald Trump in. I, I just it's the worst nightmare for the for the Republican Party. Cruz, they hate him. They hate Donald Trump. They want Rubio to win, but Rubio's after the last couple of weeks he. He turned on Trump, and that really killed him. You know the verbal sparring. You can't you can't beat the man in his own game, and that's what Rubio tried to do, and he got destroyed. And now he's getting mocked off the stage. When does Rubio quit? Because I, I don't think Trump wants him to quit. I, I think Trump wants him to stay in so he can win Florida right here. Because I think the Rubio supporters think that Florida, you know, people that were going to vote Rubio, they're not going to do it now since Trump asked him to to leave the race. You don't want to ever vote for somebody that you don't think can win. And I think Trump's playing some head games with Rubio right now. Uh, I agree. And I honestly being in the state of Florida, what I can tell you is Donald's probably going to win the state no matter what. Um, And that should be very telling as far as how Rubio's campaign, uh, how it's going to die down. I think after he loses Florida, he pulls out. Um, and that's probably the best idea for him. You know, and I, I'm talking about the Democratic side, I have heard some rumblings of uh, Joe Biden sneaking in and taking the nomination for what that's worth. So uh, I, I think, you know, we're, it's it's going to be a party all the way to the finish. You know, this is going to be one of the few elections where I think you're going to sit there and go, where were you uh, when this happened? Yeah, this is the first election I remember where, where I don't really like anybody. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody, mm-hmm. any of the Republicans or Democrats are fit to to run this country. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Hillary Clinton is a female uh, Hitler. Don't want her around. I mean, these Republicans are jokes. Man, it's just, where, where is our country at right now? I think the best thing in the world, I think Trey said this, Trump to win this election and then people start getting serious about politics again because this was a layup for the Republican Party this year. They had a layup, an easy slam dunk, and they couldn't get the right candidate in. I don't, I don't feel like had anybody, you know, anybody else, any other time you'd see a Republican president. But now, I don't know. But I don't like talking politics a lot in sports. But how could you not? How could you not do weigh in pol- political talk or something here? You know, we have to weigh in on the hottest topic. Tonight, the Democratic debate in Flint, Michigan. I mean, this is this is terrible. I mean, having to hear hear Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders probably won't be alive when the election starts. What do you think? Oh, I'll put the. Uh, what kind of odds are you giving me? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We have a Facebook caller in the queue. If you want to press number one, I don't know how you do that. But usually I don't let people in unless I see a phone number. So you're probably mm. not going to get in unless I have a – just feel – maybe I feel froggy tonight. Maybe I'll let you in. I, I try to screen calls before they come on my show. But Amber Goins, welcome to the chat room. Hope you're doing very well. 
But again, the Republican debate is tonight, and or the Democratic debate is tonight. We'll see what happens. But you know, this country's in trouble. That's all I can tell you. The the, the pre- next president of the United States will be somebody that I can't stand. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I, I felt the same way, to be honest, from the get. Uh, you know, and it bothers me a little, seeing as I mean, I, I'm. Let's see. I turned 22 uh, last Sunday, so being that it's it's my future that's kind of in the hands. I'm a little, I'm a little worried uh, about what's going on. The movie Idiocracy is starting to come true, and I think that's actually starting to terrify a lot of people. And if you've never watched that movie, look up Idiocracy, watch that movie, see how Terry Crews got elected uh, president, and why Gatorade is the most powerful substance in the world. <laughs> So we'll see. We'll get back to our politics very soon. But some big news today, Nancy Reagan, that is politics. She passed away. Uh, one of the classiest, most elegant ladies ever, first ladies, Jonathan. Nancy Reagan passes away. That's a sad day uh, for our country here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was the, uh, the the gold standard, if you will, for a first lady. Um, so it definitely is a shame that uh, she passed at the age of 94 this morning. Uh, my condolences to, to her whole family. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it is. It's, it's been a really rough year as far as uh, big names go. Um, you know, just hoping that this doesn't continue. Yeah, and we'll see. And big news in the NFL, Peyton Manning is set to retire tomorrow. Not a surprise to me, Jonathan. I know it's probably not a surprise to you. Um, just it's time. You know, you watch him in that Super Bowl. Not on, he doesn't have any gas left in the tank, man. It's empty. Peyton Manning leaves a legacy behind, man. What a great career he's had. He's getting out at the right time, Jonathan. I, I don't know. Nobody predicted him to come back and win a Super Bowl like he did. He did it. It's time to hang it up while he's still able to walk, while he's still able to speak. I mean, what what do you have to say about Peyton Manning, one of the greatest of all time? And he'll be missed, I'm telling you. In the NFL, a guy like him will be missed every Sunday. Uh, As as somebody whose entire uh, career, college and pros, has spanned my life, um, and that's that's something that just blows my mind at a point, but uh, being able to grow up and watch and witness and learn from Peyton, he's always been one of uh, my favorites as far as football players. Uh, I've always admired him for being a student of the game and, and at the end of the day being a complete uh, master of the X's and O's and how really to control a locker room. Because to be a quarterback, you do have to do both. I think it was the right time. You did. I, yeah. I honestly believe I mean, it was per- the right perfect. time. Perfect timing. Go out just like Elway. Um, and, you know, I, I, I while I do believe that there was – somewhat of a hesitance by him because, as you know, we know as an athlete, you do die twice when your career ends and when you finally leave this earth. Um, I think it was tough, but I think he had that moment of realization with John, uh, with Archie. Um, I imagine at some point he fielded phone calls from uh, Montana and Favre, guys of that nature, who are in the same class as him and have told him, here's the deal. You can play it out. But it's not really worth it. You know, you can't get a much better ending than that. And and with that, I I, I say, you know, happy, happy retirement, Peyton. 
it's been a pleasure watching you play on the field, and I can only hope that he'll coach because I think he'll make a phenomenal football coach. You think he'll coach or he'll go on TV? I think I think being an analyst will be too boring for him, don't you? I mean, he needs to be on the sideline because think about it. He's, what, 39 years old, 38? God, he could be in college football month. for 30 more years. He could be in college football for 30 more years if he wanted to. Yeah, Just think about I mean, that. I think he could be a great college coach, especially if he steps in it somewhere like the University of Tennessee and he's like the offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach. I think he's one of the few guys who technically has no coaching experience but can step in and be an OC right away and nobody nobody says anything. Okay. Uh, you know, because, I mean, he has that clock. You know, um, from what Tom Moore has said and from what Jim Caldwell has said, that essentially you called three plays down to Peyton and let him pick which one. And, and that, that was always the, the, the wonderful thing uh, about, you know, getting to know and study him was what he did. And I think he'd make an excellent coach because I agree with you. I think being in the booth would be boring to him. I think if he coached and then went to the booth like Gruden did, I think it would work. Yeah, and I think you're right about he could step right in right now just and go anywhere and be the offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach, and be popular. How would that be for recruiting? Peyton Manning sitting in your living room. How would that? That's probably something Nick Saban is looking at right now, trying to get Peyton Manning on the team somehow to be able mm-hmm. to add another rec- recruiting title to his, under his belt. So um, I, w- I would look for him to be a coach, and, and I couldn't see him go anywhere but to Tennessee. And if you look at Tennessee, they don't really have an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, really. And we know Blitz mm-hmm. Jones is going to stay there unless he's forced out. Um, so I could see Peyton Manning coming back to Tennessee and being the offensive coordinator. Do you think that would happen this year, or do you think they would, he would take a year off? Uh, I, I, if I was Peyton, and I think this would make the most sense, I think he'd take a year off. Um, I mean, because let's be honest, when's the last time he actually had a full year off where he didn't have to do something football related where he could sit down, relax, enjoy his wife and his family and the gods of money he has. Uh, so I, I think it would be wise for him to take a year off before he jumped to do anything. It's a little late in the cycle right now anyways to be going to make, you know, get a coaching job. But I think take time off, take the year, have some fun. When the next uh, recruiting cycle kicks up, uh, co- you know, the coaching carousel, I think, you know, you look at Tennessee and see if maybe they want to offer. I do think there's one other school, though, where he could step right in, uh, and that'd be Ole Miss. You know, it's a school his father went to. It's a school both of his brothers went to. I think Ole Miss is, is the only other really college-level job where I could see Peyton stepping in at, uh, right away as an OC or quarterback's coach because, I mean, Peyton was going to go to Ole Miss until Cooper's injury became, you know, to the point where Cooper couldn't play football anymore. And I, I think that's why, you know, he could go back now because now he's going back as a coach. And if, let's say, Hugh Freeze leaves, he becomes the head coach, you know he's putting Cooper on a stack. You know Archie's all of a sudden become the, you know, the, the head of uh, recruiting for Ole Miss. I mean, he would do wonders there. I really think he could. And that's a university that still loves the Manning family. Yeah, but how many head coaches would be afraid to bring in Peyton Manning? Because as the head coach, you want to be the most powerful figure on campus, right, on the team. Mm-hmm. You want to be that person. You bring Peyton Manning in, all of a sudden, hmm, you, have, you have a bad year, you're 6-6, six and six, guess what? You're going to get fired, run out of town, and Peyton Manning's going to come in riding on a white horse and save the day. 
uh, I think if you're a coach, you have to watch out for that as well, John. I, I agree. I really do. And that's why Alabama almost seems like a perfect fit. Because you know Nick Saban's not going to get pushed out until he wants to leave. And let's face it, Saban is, he's, I believe, 68. Um, so how much longer does Nick actually want to do coaching? How much longer does his body hold up to the rigors of what he goes through? So you bring in Peyton, and he learns everything about coaching under Nick Saban. I don't think there's a better combination there uh, in the nation. I think that'd be a great one because Nick's a defensive coach anyways. So Peyton comes in. He helps out your quarterback recruiting. Uh, he, you know, Peyton knows what quarterback to get. He holds the camp. All right, so he knows what quarterback he's, he, you know, what quarterback Alabama should have, what quarterback he wants. And I think that'd be a great fit there. I just don't know how well that'd be taken anywhere else because that's kind of a big rival to the two schools. He does have ties. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to weigh in tonight, 646-716-5564. Join us. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about Peyton Manning's retirement coming up tomorrow and all time, Jonathan. Where do you have Peyton Manning uh, sitting at all time right now if he retires tomorrow? I see that's tough. Um, I'm not using the all-time rankings because I think uh, decades are so different and so varied. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would consider Peyton Manning easily a top ten, if not top five, quarterback to ever step foot on the field. Uh, I mean, he's somebody who, if you look at generations, you look at a Sammy Ball who kind of created the quarterback position, look at Johnny Unitas who kind of mastered it, uh, and then you look at your Montanas, you look at your Fards, you look at your Mannings. I, I would put Peyton ahead of Brett Fars. And um, honestly, I, I lean with Peyton ahead of Brady. Uh, that's just a personal thing. I know that that is one of the most you know, hotly contested debates in football. Um, so I would put Peyton in my top five, though. Uh, I think he is one of the best to set foot on the field, and his records prove that. Yeah, he, he's a winner. And I don't know, he struggled in playoffs sometimes, but, man, that's a team game. I don't care how great of a quarterback you are. You saw Cam Newton this year. His team didn't rise to the occasion. Denver's did. They they won. Carolina was probably the best team in football this year. They didn't win the Super Bowl. So it's hard to win the Super Bowl. I don't think people realize how hard it is to win one. The two, like Peyton did, and Brady, was he won five? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do. I mean, you know, the, those Patriot teams that he won Super Bowls with were very good, too. It's not like they were just some pickup team. So Peyton Manning, has, you can give his defense credit this year for the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's why I don't put much emphasis on Super Bowls because if you look this year, you look, Peyton Manning really didn't do much for Denver. We talked about that. He got the Super Bowl, yeah, he got two. So what? I, I respected him more with one than I did with two. And I, I just don't put a lot of weight on Okay, how many rings do you have? How many rings do you have? It's all about what you do on the field for the longevity of your career. Look what he's done in college. He got robbed of the Heisman Trophy. He never won a national championship. And then in the NFL, he had that bad year in Indy when he first came in. And after that, he's been a, a winner ever since. So I look at Peyton Manning. He's, he's had a tougher road than Tom Brady's had. He, he was better in college as well. So, I mean, when you start talking about all-time greatest quarterback. What did Tom Brady really do in college? Um, got benched for Drew 
uh, Drew Henson. Henson. Uh, yeah. Won an Orange Bowl. Um, not much. Yeah, beat Alabama. I mean, Brady. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, the college careers, you can't compare them. It's, it's, it's complete apples and oranges. And I think that's something that uh, gets lost. Uh, when you look at it, I mean, Brady, Brady, the reason why Brady wound up being successful is because he was smart. Um, and that's what you need in a quarterback more than anything. Peyton Manning was the guy from day one where Tom had to kind of earn his. And, uh, you know, it's two different realms, but at the same time, there's a reason behind that. You know, Peyton was clearly superior from day one. Yeah, and uh, some news out there in the NFL, Jonathan. I don't know if this will surprise you. Trey Mason, former Auburn running back with the Rams, now arrested for drug trafficking. I mean, this this came out of nowhere. What in the world is going on? Tell me more. Uh, it's not drug trafficking. The headline's a little misleading uh, because when I first okay. saw it, I said the same thing. I was like, "What? What? What? Uh, what are you doing in, in Hollywood?" <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, in my state. So, obviously, the first thing I say is, what are you doing? Uh, you make us look bad. But uh, what happened was uh, it's, a dr- it's drug and traffic charges. Um, he got arrested for possession of marijuana as well as uh, his vehicle was not registered, um, which I find to be one of the most idiotic crimes you can commit. Um, Especially so when you're a millionaire. He, he, yeah, well, and, and that kind of leads, if you will, to Terrell Suggs. I don't know if you heard about him, his arrest over the weekend. Did you hear about that? No, tell us. No, tell us more. So Terrell Suggs got arrested over the weekend. Uh, he was in a um, one-vehicle accident. Uh, somebody else actually called the cops, so nobody really knows if he was planning on actually doing that. But he wrecked his car. Um, I, I guess he uh, his story was, I believe, he fell asleep behind the wheel. Um, and uh, the reason he wound up getting arrested was because his license was suspended. And now his license was suspended because he decided he didn't want to pay any of his speeding tickets. How dumb can you make how much money and you don't want to pay your speeding tickets? Really? Genius. Let me tell you how smart you are. God. These are people in the NFL, for God's sake. So nobody's ever accused many NFL players of being smart, John. Uh, I, 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 I agree, but it just frustrates me with how much money these guys make, and it's the little things that the rest of the rest of the population has to do, and they decide they're above it. Uh, and it, it just gets at me. And I, I spoke to one of my uh, one of my Ravens fans about the the situation, and I said, do you believe he should be suspended? And his response was, well, as a fan, no. As a taxing American, yes, because how stupid can you be? Yeah, it wouldn't look too good on us if we didn't pay our tickets, Jonathan. I mean, we would go to jail. And that's what he exactly. did. I mean, that's, that's what happens. And Roddy White, he gets shown the door in Atlanta. Now he's coming out blaming it on Kyle Shanahan. Roddy White, take ownership, man. I mean, that frustrates me, Jonathan. Roddy White coming out blaming Kyle Shanahan. Roddy White's been deteriorating over the past few years. Uh, Do you think Mm -hmm. he goes anywhere? Do you think somebody picks him up? I think he could be okay, but he's not a number one receiver anymore. He needs to accept that. 
Julio Jones took over Atlanta and Tony Gonzalez left and Roddy White was supposed to pick up more, but you know, Atlanta couldn't get it going. Where does Roddy White go from here? What do you think about him blaming Kyle Shanahan? Um, I never like it when somebody doesn't take accountability, uh, especially in a situation like that where it, it was obvious Roddy's physical skills were deteriorating. Um, you know, and, my my whole thing with Roddy is, look, you can't just start blaming Shanahan. Julio had a great year. Um, I, I honestly think that you just need to man up and go, look, I know my body's given out. Um, I had a down year. I was nicked up, blah, blah, blah. So I I think he's a, I think he's a Patriot player at the end of the day. Um, I think that's where he's going to wind up with New England. Uh, great spot for him, just be a good possession receiver for Tom. Um, you know, and that just give him a, a good veteran weapon that's going to come in. Get you know, he's going to, as long as he's committed to do you know to actually doing his job, he'll get it done. He'll get it done well. And I, I think that would be a great place for him. I think it'd be a great uh, uh, acquisition for the Patriots. Yeah, but I like the move from Atlanta though. I, I liked it. I like what they did and uh, getting rid of him. And there's some other ones. Matt Forte is going to be available. You know, there's some 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 different things happening in the off season. Some people being shown the door that they're like, "Whoa, what's happening here?" And Sam Bradford, Jonathan getting paid. What did he do to get paid this year? Really? You're, if you're Philadelphia, Sam Bradford's where you want to go. Yeah, that that contract's very puzzling to me. Uh, and from what I have read and heard, the Patriots were essentially bidding. I mean, not the Patriots, the Eagles were essentially bidding against themselves there. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's 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 an asinine contract. It's essentially the same contract they offered before the season. I believe before the season started, it was a four-year deal instead of a two-year. But still, it's it's just blows my mind that they decided he was worth that kind of money when we we saw last year he really wasn't. Um, they think the new system will do wonders for him. Look, if you're expecting him to be Alex Smith, you have issues. So I got some more information on uh, Mason. Uh, he was tasered. Oh God! He was having to be taken to the hospital. The cops tasered him. Here we Resisting go. Arrest. OJ Simpson. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, people. You know, you get tased. Look, cops don't like people resisting the arrest. I don't care who you are. You're going to get tasered. You're going to get beat. I don't care. I know you'll see some protests, Jonathan. Some rallies, maybe, and stuff about this, but. You know what? Don't resist arrest. Act professional, and you probably won't get the hell beat out of you, so to speak. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's that, it's that simple. It's that simple. Just take your handcuffs and walk on with them. Get in the back of the car. Call your lawyer, and and see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, I, I, I don't this understand. Time of, well, let's let's talk a little bit about some. Uh, you know what? You know what time of year it is. Don't the uh, conference champ or tournament start this week? Uh, they actually started uh, la- um, this past week. Um, already three teams have punched tickets to the tournament. Well, when I say that, I mean the real conference. <laughs> but you're right. I know you're going. But you're, but you're right. Uh, Austin P punches their ticket in. You know, I know you, Jonathan. You're a sports junkie. I told somebody the other night we were talking. I was 
describing their show, and I was like, yeah, I got this Jonathan. He's 22. He knows everything about every sport in the world. And, uh, great, ad- great addition to something like that. Uh, but, but yes, you know, some bubble busters really is mm-hmm. what you call them. Uh, Steelers, bubble Steelers. But I'm glad to see Alabama's not on the first four out anymore. I mean, they've lost like four in a row. They suck. And I can't believe they were being even considered for the tournament. We talked about this when people thought they were going to be a legitimate team. What, what did we say, Jonathan, about Alabama? when everybody had him in the tournament. <laughs> uh, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was the general <laughs> consensus between us. Uh, we, we both knew Alabama is just a one-man show. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're relying on just one guy to put up 30 points a night, uh, you're not going to go very far. No, you're not. And all these Bama fans, welcome to the NIT, is all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky enough to make that. But uh, the Auburn Tigers, Jonathan, any chance they win the SEC tournament and get an automatic bid? <laughs> uh, yeah, they have about the same odds as Florida State. <laughs> I know you're frustrated with Florida State, too. Uh, yeah, that's a, another team we'll talk about in a little while. But looking at it right now, I put a post out a couple weeks ago. It may have been a week ago. The teams, I think, in the tournament, they can really win it. And, you know, and I can't wait to hear from you. I think North Carolina is a team, to me, that has a legitimate chance to go in there and win the championship this year. I think Michigan State, to me, they're the best team in the country. Uh, Tom Izzo, year in and year out, how are you going to go against him? they got Valentine, the best player in the country right now. As a senior, I think he's a senior, so this guy's ready to win a Mm -hmm. championship. Um, Kansas, I really think they can. But what's going to be bad is what it's looking like now. They're going to pair up Kansas and Kentucky in a Sweet 16 matchup possibly, and that could be like the Wichita State scenario in a way, just a round later. But I think Kansas, Michigan State, North Carolina, and I'm going to say Kentucky. I think they're starting to get some big man play down there. I know we probably disagree on Kentucky, but when you're talented like they are and you're starting to play basketball, you, you got to admit they're a lot better than they were two months ago. They went on the road to Kansas, had that game won, went in overtime and lost it. But Kentucky, those are the four teams that I really – and Xavier. Let me put let me put Xavier in there as well. I think Xavier is a team that can win it all. Give me your teams who you think can win it all. Give me five. Uh, if I'm going to give you five teams, I'm going to start in the ACC with North Carolina. Um, I think North Carolina – I watched their game against Duke last night, and the way they dominated the offensive glass was just insane. They have a really good point guard in Marcus Page. you got a really good big man in Brian Johnson, uh, Bryce Johnson. You have Justin Jackson on the outside is a really good wing. I really like North Carolina a lot. Um, out of the Big Ten, I like Michigan State. I, I, you can't go against Tom Izzo. You already know they're going to be in the 316. Uh, Izzo has done a phenomenal job coaching this team. Denzel Valentine, I believe he's averaging somewhere like 18-7-7 and a game, which is just unheard of. Uh, really love watching Michigan State play. I just think they're such a good team. Now, I'm going to go to the Big 12 and say Kansas. I think Kansas is a really good team. Uh, the more I watch them, the more I like them. Uh, I, I think that that is a legitimate contender to win it all. You know, I'm going to go back to the ACC and say Virginia. I know Florida State beat them. That's a real knock on their schedule. That's fine. Okay? I've watched Virginia a lot this year. 
the way they manhandled the Lizzo both times blows my mind. Love, I love what I see from Virginia. Great defense, great three-point shooting team. Uh, you got Brondon, you got Parentes. I like them a lot. If I had to go with the fifth team, uh, see, now you got me stuck. Um, if I had to it's go to the fifth team, it is. Once, once I get past those top four, if I'm going to go with the fifth team, I'm, I'm going to go out and say Kentucky would be my number five right now. I know I stuck a fork in them two months ago. Uh, and it was all predicated off the fact that it's Tyler Ewell, Jamal Murray, and nothing else. And down low, they were softer than Charmin. Now, Skyler BCA, what a game he had against LSU. What he had, six, seven blocks? I mean, he's really growing up in the year gone along. Derek Willis is what gets that team going. He's done a great job. Humphrey, the Australian, done a phenomenal job. Um, and they have Tyler Ewell. Point guard. I think Tyler Ewell is the best the point country. guard in the nation. Yep. Like, look at I, I love watching Lewis play. Like Anytime you have a point, and see, that's why you weren't giving Kentucky credit was because of their 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 post game down low. They didn't. It was non-existent. And all of a sudden, over the past few months, Calipari's got these guys playing big boy basketball again. And you have a point guard like Ulis and Murray. The shooting guard and that down low play with all the talent. You telling me Kentucky can't win it? Are you telling me that Kentucky can't win it? I mean, that's what I want to. I want people to call in here and tell me that Oklahoma's a one seed. Get them off my screen. Villanova a one seed. Get them out of here. I'm tired of hearing about them. Oregon a two seed. Really? You really think Oregon's going to make some noise? West Virginia's a team. Watch out for them. They're streaky. They can get hot, but. Duke's a four seed. I think Duke gets knocked out in the first round this year, Johnson. Duke is not the same team as they have been. I just they're a one man show to me. Uh what do you think about Duke? I know four seeds probably gonna sit about right with them because of their name, but are they vulnerable to lose in the first round to someone like Akron or San Diego State, someone like that? Uh very much so. I I really think that uh, I mean, from what I saw from Duke last night, well, it, w- it was pathetic. Let's let's leave it at that. Uh, they got out rebounded. I believe the final number went to being sixty-three to thirty, and that's embarrassing. Uh, they gave up numerous offensive rebounds. It, it was it was bad. It was what I saw last night was really bad. And what I also noticed was, <laughs> I mean, Ingram has to be able to shoot. They try to move their offense through Ingram. If he can't score, that team struggles. Uh, Grayson Allen can make plays, there's no doubt about it. He's the Duke guy you love to hate, uh, but he can't carry that team by himself. I think Duke is a legitimate contender to be a one-and-done. Yeah, thank you. And see, uh, one thing about this show, and you can go back to the last four years, when it comes to March Madness, we nail it. I mean, we you better listen to what we're telling you here. We're not homers. We are homers, but our teams are not in it, so please listen to us. Okay, I mean, when <laughs> Auburn and Florida State are nowhere to be found in this tournament, so you better be listening, people. Uh, Wisconsin, don't don't fall into the, to that trap of thinking the Wisconsin of old. This team's not that good. Big Ten's pretty good. Purdue, a good little basketball team. Watch out for Hofstra teams. I mean, I'm seeing some teams that I've liked that I've actually watched. Xavier is a team. They have just what it takes to make a deep run in the tournament. Can they win it all? 
will they will the pressure get to them once they get to that sweet 16 round jonathan you know what it's like you you see these teams all of a sudden they they do good and when it comes to sweet 16 they just freeze up man they just like oh no god what are we doing here we're actually on a big stage it's different when you win a couple games in that first weekend but how hard is it to make it past that sweet 16 cuz you cuz you look at some of the champions jonathan in the past what was the toughest game they played Oh, God. I mean, usually the Final Four, maybe the Elite Eight. I think the Sweet 16 seems like to me sometimes that it's just so hard to get past that. Because that, you get that layoff. You get that week to think about mm-hmm. it, you know. And it's, it's just it's just tough. And like, like, here's a mock bracket. This year's Sweet 16 in the Midwest, you could have Kansas and Kentucky. How great would that be? And you could have oh. Michigan State, Arizona. You know, or Michigan State, Texas A and M. That would be a good game. You could have Villanova, Duke. I mean, if they could even make it. But I mean, there's some. This tournament's not as wide open as people think it is, Jonathan. There's four or five teams out there that can win it. I think. I, I just, I mean, you know, there's some Cinderella teams that can make it in Sweet 16. But when I look at this field, I watch basketball a lot. I look at, the, at all these teams and how they're built, and I will agree with you on Virginia. I, I will say that. They are very capable because what they do is they get you into a half-court game. They slow you down. They make you grind for every basket that you're going to take, and they can shoot the three ball. And they're well coached. Virginia's coach, it's his name slipping my mind, is probably Tony one Bennett. of the top coaches in the – Tony Bennett, thank you, is one of the best coaches in the country that I don't think he gets a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, and his real – you know, if you – Pay attention to a lot of the smaller schools, which I, I do. Um, he made his name at Wisconsin Green Bay and did a wonderful job with that program and went to Virginia, and he, he's just been masterful. Uh, his pack line defense is something that, in all reality, teams dream of now. Uh, that's why he's considered one of the best defenses around. And really, until he got to Virginia, Florida State had owned the title as the best defense in the ACC. Uh, and I think that says a lot that Virginia took that claim from us. Um, so I, I really like what I've seen from Virginia this year. I think they're a legitimate one seed and a legitimate contender. And here's a team that people are talking about that I, I sold the stock a while back, and that's uh, the team that choked last night in Blacksburg, Virginia, Jonathan, the Miami wow. Hurricanes. I've dumped their stock. This team right here is going to be overseeded in the tournament probably, and they're probably going to lose mm-hmm. in the first two rounds. I mean, do you see Miami making it? This Miami team reminds me of the 2013 team, uh, where they were, uh, I would agree, they were overseeded that year as well as many years they had, uh, winning the ACC regular season and uh, uh, tournament. Uh, and, they, you know, they they showed some talent. I mean, we saw it with uh, Shane Larkin and guys like that. But they, they're not ready. Miami is not ready to make a splash on the big stage. I mean, they've shown that time and time again. So I think that what's going to happen is I don't think they're going to make it to 16. I think they get bounced out in the second game. I think they're going to be a three seed who loses to a seven or a ten, depending on what, whatever the matchup is. I mean, not a, a seven, ten, a six, eleven. Well, we're going to take a quick break and kind of talk about some uh, new things happening away. Go to ultimatesportstalk.com. This is just a quick break here. I want to throw this in. 
They are running us as their one of their top sports shows, Jonathan. Ultimate Sports Talk dot com. Um, good relationship going there. On Block Talk Radio, the last show we had, we had twenty nine thousand three hundred and forty three listeners. Not too bad, right, Jonathan, for a show in February. Not March, bad at all. Whatever it is. Not bad. We are we're getting our numbers and the live listens are, you know, not during football season. We we have a faithful um group because I look at our numbers every week. I study the numbers, demographics and where where are we being listened to at the most? And guess what? It's all over the country. I mean, up north we we've got about fifteen percent of our listeners are up north. About sixty percent are in the south. And we have some out in Texas, California, Montana, Seattle. I mean, we're all over the place being listened to. And believe it or not, we're being listened to about 3% in other countries. So it's it's just it's just Block Talk Radio is so good, Jonathan, because we can get our, our message out to people in other countries. You may not understand what we're saying, but by God, you know it's sports, right, Jonathan? You may be in China and you turn us on and be like, what is this? But we're being listened to in China. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I mean, it's great when uh, you, you have a fan base that uh, you can consider international. Uh, that's that's always huge. That means that we are uh, we're obviously doing something right for somebody. If I go to if I go to China, do you think we'll see a banner of way in sports talk? <laughs> well, uh, that depends on what our political relations with China are at the time. <laughs> There's even ISIS listeners listening, man. This is bad. We need to find out who they are, port them, and uh, cut their heads off. What do you oh, think? Oh, Lord. Weigh In Sports Talk oh, will be aired on ultimatesportstalk.com. They they don't run a live show for us. They do our podcast. So make sure you go to ultimatesportstalk.com. You can listen on iTunes. You can listen to us anywhere you want to. I'm ready for the app to come out, Jonathan, where people can listen on their iPhones with an app. Mm-hmm. Waiting on Block Talk Radio to do that. I don't know why they haven't, but that's the way people go right now, right? They have their iPhone in their hand. They're on the go. They need that iPhone. And the chat room slows down during the, the season like this because people aren't at their computers at this time. Now, football's going on. People are home. Their laptops are there. You can't enter our chat room without being on a, a laptop, really. So you can't go to the mm-hmm. iPhone and, and get in a chat room. So hopefully some of these things will change and we'll get more listeners. But, man, our football season numbers, you know, are, are always good. But what's surprising me is how good the numbers are right now. And we're about to, to go into March Madness. And that's one of the funnest times of year, right, Jonathan, when we get to stare and talk about basketball. And this is this is fun. I don't think people realize how fun it is. This is where I started out in radio was in March Madness four years ago. And this is probably the most fun I've ever had every March. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of March Madness. Always have been. It was uh, it really just one of the first times I ever watched college basketball. Um, I want to say I really became a huge fan of college hoops uh, during the Gators back-to-back run. Uh, because I actually knew so many of those players. It was kind of fun seeing them on the big stage. Um, and that's, like, sacrilegious in all reality. Uh, but, you know, that, it really opened my eyes. The George Mason run, um, and for those of you who remember, George Mason had a great run, I believe it was 2006. We made it all the way to the Final Four. That's what made me fall in love 
with with March Madness in college basketball because that was <laughs> one of the greatest Cinderella stories you're ever going to find. Yeah. How about Vermont? Remember them with uh, Bruce Pearl? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, fun. Belmont, who did a, a – they had a heck of a run. Belmont was always fun. Uh, VCU's run under Shaka Smart, great run there. Uh, Dayton's always great for an upset. Uh, UAB, uh, the year they took down one the most talented Kentucky team Toby Smith ever had. Uh, you know, that that was another one where, you know, it's the reason why you fall in love with it. It really is. Yeah, and speaking of Marge Madness, Bo Ryan of Wisconsin, you heard about that crap. He's under investigation, uh, mis- misuse of resources during an affair. I mean, what's a guy this old doing having an affair? Because he can. Uh, I mean, hats off being able to have one, I guess. No, I mean, these are – see, here's the problem. This is a guy that people need a leader in their lives. I mean, people talk about Mm -hmm. Donald Trump and everything, how bad he is. Look at this piece of crap. Some of their leading kids, he's 90-year-old taking three Viagra a day, and he's cheating on his wife. He needs to be worried about winning a championship. He's 68 years old, and he's having an affair? Really? He's double my life, double my age, double. He's an old man. I, 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 you know, that's one of the the woman. One of her her argument for coming forward to the university about it was she didn't feel that he was fit to be a role model for young men in college. Uh, if you know he's, you know, proceeding with an action like this, um, and I can definitely see that argument. Uh, I, I agree with it. I think it's one of those things where, look, you're you've been married for that long, you got kids. Why? What? 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 What incentive did you really have? Because it's different. I mean, come on, man. Let's let's try yeah. to be a grown adult here and realize that there's more than just you at stake when you decide to commit an act of adultery. Yeah, Rick Pitino is one of the slimiest grease balls in the game. A great coach, great mind. Is he a leader of, of young men? No, I don't think he is. I mean, look what's going on in Louisville. They had to give up their postseason. All the, what was it, rates going on there and game bangs and stuff? I don't know what's going on in, in college basketball, but the, the men in leadership are failing us. They're they're failing their kids. They're failing, I mean, these parents are letting you take, them, take over their kid to give them a, an education to, to help them to the NBA. And, and if this is going on in the NBA, Jonathan, it's not a story to me because I really don't care. Because you're coaching grown men at that point, you know, it's not like you're 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 molding these guys. These guys are are men, but now you're you're 70 years old having an affair, and I don't know who it was with. How old was the woman? Was she a cheerleader? Probably, if I had to guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not certain. I didn't dig too far into it because at the end of the day, uh, my my look at this was this is a private matter that really should have never been made public by this. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the university already investigated this because Ryan uh, dropped a hat on the affair to the university before she did. And that was something that really just caught me off guard, but he was just trying to get out in front of the, the storm that was coming. Yeah, they were worried about him using that that credit card for hotel rooms and lingerie and cherries and 
whiskey, wine, whatever he does. I don't know what he does, but very disappointing. You look, I always looked at him. He looks like not a trustworthy guy when I looked at him on the sideline. He looked like what Skeletor over there on the <laughs> sideline. But what an ugly, ugly, ugly human being, man. Just an ugly human being. In basketball today, a big game. I mean, this this score surprised me a little bit, Jonathan. Indiana, 80. Maryland, 62. Maryland was a team. Weren't they ranked number one in the country at one time this year? Uh, I believe they were. Uh, Maryland was a team who had high hopes coming into the season. Uh, I believe they're a talented team. Uh, They have a good point guard whose name is slipping my mind. Uh, their big man, Diamond Stone, which I don't even want to get into the whole why would you name your kid Diamond, but um, very good. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I mean, it's amazing the transformation of Indiana fans as this year has gone on because at the beginning of the year, it was leave Tom Crean behind, fire him, you know, blah, 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 and now they're in love because he's led this team to a regular season um, conference championship. So I, I think that you know, all that's really happened is Cream's proven, you know, that he's he's a good coach. He's got to give him an opportunity. Let's look at the, the breakdown real quick of projections of teams from the big conferences, how many teams are going to get into the tournament. Looking like the Pac-12 with seven teams, Big 12, seven, Big 10, seven, ACC, seven, Big East, five, SEC, four, Atlantic 10, Atlantic 10, four, and American three. And it, it just shows you again how bad is the SEC when it comes to basketball, man. I mean, the Kentucky on ESPN is projected as a four seed in the same bracket. Now listen to these teams, Jonathan. This is tough. North Carolina is the one seed out west by Joe Lenardi. Oklahoma is the two seed. Oregon the three seed. Kentucky the four seed. Arizona five. Baylor six. Guess what? UAB is the 14th seed in this. Wichita State's a seven. You're talking about a, a, a gauntlet right here in the West. That's tough basketball. But the SEC with four teams in is what they're looking like. That's got to be disappointing when you have that many teams. You only can get four in. Well, my question is, I mean, I understand Kentucky and A&M. Who's the, who are the other two, Vanderbilt and? Vanderbilt and South Carolina. I forgot about South Carolina. I'll, uh, I'll I'll take that one. Okay, I. I A and M's a good little basketball team. Yes. Yeah. A and M's not a bad team. No, not at all. I I I think A and M's a pretty good team. Um, I think yeah. I mean, it shows they won the conference uh, for the regular season. Um, and they shouldn't have. They Kentucky got robbed of uh, that game in College Station, but. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. How sad is that, though? I mean, what a job by Frank Martin to turn around South Carolina the way he has. Heck of a job That's exactly for the whole what conference. That's what, they were like a winless team almost when he took it over. And you're right. I was thinking about that about 15 minutes ago when I was when I was looking at South Carolina. I'm like, what a phenomenal coaching job. And you see Bruce Pearl. I mean, what has he done at Auburn? I mean, he's recruited well. He's bought some pizzas for some people. But what has he done? Nothing. Yeah, I I think Auburn, you know, it, it's 
it was a conversation that I, I've had with a, a good friend of mine. He's a, uh, he coached high school basketball in Kentucky for a number of years. Um, and we, we were having a conversation about Kentucky as far as it goes with, you know, if they were to ever, let's say, win an SEC championship in football, what would be on the front page of the paper? What was going on in Kentucky basketball? Just like, you know, when Alabama makes a run in March Madness, what's on the front page is how spring practice is going. So it's going to be a tough mm-hmm. job uh, for Auburn to rebuild its basketball program because it is a football school, and it is strictly almost a football school. They only have basketball because the conference asked them to, essentially. So, well, well um, you know, I think it's going to take patience. Gone, hurt them. Kenny hurt him losing him, but they also had a couple more injuries. They had one guy that was real good that didn't get cleared to play because of some loophole in the NCAA rules. But I think next year is his year. If he comes out next year and they can make the tournament, Pearl's a god of coaches, okay? But I just don't think you can recruit the talent to Auburn. I mean, it's just – I mean, he's done as best as he could. He, he's done better than any coach could have done, but – People don't want to play basketball at Alabama. They don't want to play mm-hmm. basketball at Auburn. I mean, you know, Florida even amazes me that people want to play there. Thank God for Billy Donovan. Now look how they've fallen off. It's a football school. Florida is a football school. Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, all these places, LSU. LSU's doing better in basketball than they should be doing. But why is it that? the SEC struggles so much. The Big 12 has good football teams. The Big Ten's all about football, but yet they're about basketball, too. The, the Big Ten, to me, is the best conference in basketball. I know we disagree on that. You think the ACC, I know people think the Big 12 is, but how can, how can they have great basketball schools, but the SEC really can't get them besides Kentucky or Florida? It's, it's not a focus. It's really not. I mean, the Midwestern and the Northern states, it is definitely more of a focus, and it's the prestige and the names. I mean, outside of, uh, you know, really, outside of Kentucky, as far as it goes for basketball, what's a, what's a school in the SEC where are like, oh, yeah, that that right there, that's a team that year in, year out, they, they compete. Um, I don't think there is one. Um, I don't think there is a, a basketball school in the SEC outside of Kentucky. In the, in, in the Big 12, it's Kansas and who? And, you know, I mean, the reason why the Big 10 might be the best conference just in general for athletics, if you're only including football and basketball, um, is because you see teams like Ohio State who can win in both, and Michigan State wins in both, and Michigan will win in both. Iowa's winning in both right now. You know, and it, it's really it's something to see. So I think that's where – uh, you know, it's just it's the priorities of the conference, and I think it's, it really takes over. And you'll see it in the way they hire their coaches. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, there's only two locks for the SEC right now in basketball, and that's A&M and Kentucky. I mean, you're looking at South Carolina. They they should be. They should get mm-hmm. in. They have a, a good RPI. Vanderbilt still has to win a couple games in the tournament. Florida still, they make a deep run in the SEC tournament, but they still think Alabama – has work left to do. Yeah, they have work left to do, win the, the whole entire tournament. That's, that's what they mm-hmm. have to do. Uh, I don't know why anybody's still talking about Alabama's basketball team. Mm-hmm. And, and I know when people praise Avery Johnson, I mean, is he really a good coach or is he a mascot? What is he? Uh, Be honest with ooh. Ooh. That's a good question. Um, 
I like Avery. I think he's done a decent job. But at the same time, I watched Alabama play Arkansas. And I came away with that question. Is Avery a really good coach or is he just there for show? Because it didn't he's a mascot. have a lot of good coaching going on. He was unemployed. Nobody was calling him. He's like, well, hey, I, Alabama sucks. Let me call them. He called them. And was like, hey, I'm looking for a work. Can I come and cheerlead for you? Okay, come on. And now he's the greatest basketball coach of all time because he was he coaches at Alabama. But and, and people told me, people were telling me a scenario of what happened. I know the kid from Albertville that plays my hometown that plays for him. When they were playing the other night in the game, it was very close. And he, the coach told him, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to leave on this bus. We're going to be winners or losers. No matter what, it doesn't really matter. I mean, really? Seriously? Mm. I look at Coach Calipari. He's coaching every second of every game. I see Shashevsky the same. I see Roy Williams. I see some of the best coaches, Rick Pitino. They, they're, they're coaches. Avery Johnson's the mascot. That's what he is. He's a mascot. Bruce Pearl is a good basketball coach. X is a nose guy. He's a motivator. He can do it. But what is Avery Johnson? And that's where Alabama fans, they stumble. They start stuttering. They start spitting, slobbering. You start talking about this. But nobody can answer my question. Why is Avery Johnson yeah. a great coach? And, and I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't think he is. If he hadn't played in the NBA and hadn't coached in the NBA, I don't think he would have gotten that job. And I think that's the answer to the question. He was a mascot for the Dallas Mavericks when they went to they got hot and, and won a championship. What did he do? He sat over there in a, a, a stoop that was too tight, and a tie so tight on him he couldn't even breathe, and he won a championship. Yeah, I'm I, sorry. I'm just not an Avery Johnson guy. It's not because he's Alabama. It's because of the way their fans act about him, Jonathan. It's like, oh my God, we've got the we got the best coach. Look at him. What he's done. What has he done besides lose about every game he's coached? You lose to Auburn for God's sake. You lose to Georgia. You lose to I mean to everybody they lose to. And, I, and my brother. God, I love him, but he was the other night when they were going to Kentucky. He's like, I feel like we can win that game. I'm like, what? You're not going to go to Kentucky and beat them. I mean, it's just like that mentality right there gets on my nerves so bad. It's just like they they think they can beat anybody. They really can't. Sorry I'm going on my rant, guys, but but that's just the way it is. (laughs) Well, it's Alabama, though. They can, you know, they have have the greatest football team to – ever walk the face of the earth, so they can be anybody in anything. Yeah, but March Madness is coming. This weekend's tournament, you remember last year when Auburn sucked and they, they won, they made the semifinals of the SEC tournament. Do you see that possibly for them this year? Uh, I just don't think they have a point guard anymore. He, he left the team, he got kicked off the team. Without a point guard, I think Auburn's in trouble, but Again, this is a tournament every day, and I've played basketball. I've coached basketball. I officiate basketball, and I see it, Jonathan, in these tournaments that are every other every day you're playing. Weird things happen. Mm-hmm. Teams get hot and start believing in themselves, and they how they beat you. I mean, who's that team in the SEC that you think could have a run like that this year, or do you even care? <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's a team that could have a run. Uh, 
And I'm interested to see how the dynamic really is there. I think this has just been a bad experience and a bad year overall for them. But I think if there's a team that could, could do it, it could be LSU. I mean, that has got to be one of the most talented teams yep. in the nation. Um, and I think they if are, anybody's going to have it's, – It shows how bad their coach is, doesn't it? It shows how bad their yes. coach is right now that they're not in, in this tournament. Yes, I th- I think their coach uh, is – I think he's really bad uh, at the end of the day. That's the nicest way I can describe it. Um and I think, though, that that's a team that, you know, if given the opportunity um, and if they take full advantage of said opportunity, they could make a, a run to put themselves into uh, the, the, the March Madness, put them into the tournament. Yeah. Do you, do you think anybody can beat us in the bracket this year? I mean, we're going to do a weigh-in sports bracket with CBS. Do you think anybody – can beat me, Jonathan, or beat you? I mean, or do you think it's, a, it's, a, it's already concluded that we're going to win the bracket, one of us? Um, I mean, if the right underdogs get hot, you have the one biased guy who picked UAB. Uh, you know, I mean, who's going to run it? Uh, but I, I, I think I ha- I'm going to have another strong year, and I think you're going to have another strong year. I mean, you proved in bowl season that you're pretty da- daggum good at this. I love it. That's what I do. And ESPN, man, I was until Kentucky lost last year. I would have been in probably the top fifty in ESPN, and that's saying a lot, Jonathan. If you can make it up like that, I mean, I I had that Final Four nailed, man. It was just God. It's just it's just hard to. I won't give my strategy away, but it's not that hard, is it, to, to pick these brackets? You you can't. I think people put too much emphasis on that first weekend and they put too much emphasis on Cinderella teams when you really have to focus on which teams can win it all. Really, that's what, that's the way I look at it. Okay, which teams, where are they playing? Which teams have a chance to win it all? And that's what I go. I'm not putting Loyola Marymount all the way to the championship. I'm not stupid. And I know nobody else is either. So I'm not, you know, I, I just don't try to, to win it on the first day, do you? I mean, when you're picking a bracket, I, I just try to look at the whole thing and not just, you know, I'm going to win the first weekend. Well, usually when I win the first weekend, I get this crap kicked out of me the rest of the way. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's all about trying to, you know, you avoid that first weekend. I mean, obviously you want to try and, you know, project a Sweet 16 that's going to be somewhat realistic. Uh, and I think really that's what it is. It's more of what your Sweet 16 is going to look like. Yep. Um, and then after that, it's it's really who who are the best teams around. And I think that's something that gets lost. I think you're right. People look and they worry so much about those upsets, and they're sitting there hyperventilating. Oh my goodness, who's going to be that team this year that's going to kill my bracket? And they just start getting upset happy. When at the end of the day, you just need to think about who's actually going to be there when when the clock strikes zero. You know, last year I was Jonathan going all the way, um, and that obviously, you know, I was an eight-minute scoring oh. throughout the way from seeing that happen. Um, but I didn't have that Duke was a great pick, by the way. I kept trying to sell you guys on Wisconsin over Kentucky. Nobody wanted to listen until I had I had them <laughs> in the Final Four, though. I had them in the Final Four. I mean, I, I really and we talked about this. I thought Wisconsin could beat them. They were the only mm-hmm. team that could beat them, and I said that they're the only team. And uh, but but you know a lot of people this year, Jonathan, will make them. You, you can't always go by name. 
and, you, mm-hmm. and when I say that, like Duke this year, you know, if you put them in the Elite Eight, you could ruin your bracket real quick. And, yeah. I mean, could they make it there? Yeah. But if I always look at – always the Sweet 16 is important to me. Don't get me wrong. But my Elite Eight, if I get six or seven of those and I keep them intact, I'm going to win the bracket. And that's the way I – that's how deep I go. I go – Final four is very important, but you can't get to the final four without those eight being intact, really, in my opinion. And that's what you want. Which teams are good enough to get past that first couple rounds, to get through the Sweet 16? That's why I always pick Michigan State, Kentucky, usually. Mm-hmm. Teams like that that, have, that I trust. I don't trust Duke this year. I trust North Carolina this year. I don't trust Duke. And I think people are going to screw up this year, and they're going to look at Wisconsin, Duke, Villanova, just because they have that one beside their name, they're going to fall mm-hmm. in that trap again. What did we say last year about Villanova, Jonathan? Oh, that, that there was no way that team was making a run. Nope. They I mean, I, I, I think we three. both agree if they made it to the Sweet 16, it was going to be a miracle. Yeah, I mean, they. And uh, let's go over real quick the. Uh, I've got the brackets here. If you'd like to listen to the SEC, it's pretty funny. The first game, Auburn, congratulations. You and Tennessee sucked the worst. Uh, Missouri will not be in the tournament. Why is Missouri, Missouri not in the tournament? Do they not take 14? That's uh, right. It's not like You don't get in. Okay. Well, Tennessee and Auburn on March the 9th. When is that? What's the date? The uh, 7th? I believe it is. No, the 6th. So, Wednesday, Tennessee and Auburn play to see – who plays Vanderbilt, and then they get to the winner of that plays LSU. So LSU doesn't play to the 11th. So here's the teams with the buys. The number one seed is A&M. I didn't know A&M was the one seed. Mm-hmm. They beat Kentucky, the heads-up match. Um, yep. Kentucky's number two, South Carolina three, LSU four. Now here's a chance for LSU, Jonathan. You talked about they get the double buy for some reason. I mean, that's the way it works out. They're in the quarterfinals automatically. If they can pull an upset and beat A&M in the semifinals, I think they can win the championship, like you said, with the talent they have on a neutral court. Um, if LSU makes the championship game and loses, do they get in? Oh, uh, no. Okay, but if you want some fun, the second round of the SEC tournament sucks even more. You got Florida and Arkansas, the eight and nine matchup. Who cares? Okay. Winner of that will get destroyed by A and M. Vanderbilt will play the winner, Tennessee Auburn. Ole Miss, seventh seed against Bama, the ten seed. So Avery right. Johnson, congratulations! You 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 got the ten seed in the worst conference in America. Georgia, sixteen versus Mississippi State at eleven. So let's go to a conference that matters. What do you think? Let's go to the ACC. Real Ooh. quick, do you like going through? Do you like going through these like this? So oh, I'm yeah. projecting I'm, I'm projecting Kentucky to win the SEC. Who are you projecting? Um, I'm going to go with Kentucky as well. Okay. So we'll keep up with these. All right. The same scenario in the ACC, the teams with the double buys, you have North Carolina, number one seed, Virginia two, Miami three, Notre Dame four. Out of those four teams right there, I think Miami and Notre Dame are very vulnerable teams. I think North Carolina and Virginia – will be in the championship game with North Carolina losing a close game to Virginia. 
will that knock North Carolina off the number one seed? I think it will benefit North Carolina, Jonathan, not winning this tournament, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But the play-in games, your Florida State Seminoles against Boston College. Boston College didn't win a conference game. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think we have an outside shot of uh, pulling that one off. Uh, side note, Boston College is the first team – since 1977, <laughs> to not win a conference game in football or basketball in the same calendar year. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring that up, too. That's pretty pathetic. Man, that's yeah. pathetic. I look at Duke with a five seed. They've got a bye in the second round. To the second round, they play the winner of NC State, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, off that big win against Miami. They play the winner of Florida State, Boston College, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Man, I look at this. I, I can't. I can't envision a, a nothing but a North Carolina Virginia game in the championship. What are you seeing, and who are you picking? I'm picking Virginia to win this. Um, you know, it 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 does seem like a down year for the conference. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, because um, you don't, you know, you have two, I think, phenomenal teams, and then it's well, guys that I think have no shot. Um, I. It depends on how everything lines up. If Duke draws North Carolina in the semis, I think Duke beats them. Um, I, that Duke just has North Carolina's number. It's the most, it's the best college basketball rivalry, but it's been a little lopsided lately. Um, I, I think Virginia wins the whole thing. I think Florida State bows out after uh, we beat Virginia Tech. Uh, I think we do beat Virginia Tech. We're gonna get some payback for that one, but. That's enough to get us maybe a two seed in NIT. Well, I don't think the the Big Ten has their bracket announced yet. I don't know what they're thinking right now. I guess that late game today kind of screwed them up a little bit. But let's go to the Big 12. They seem relevant, so we'll go to the Big 12. They don't have the the amount of teams, so they don't have the double buys. But Kansas, West Virginia, they have the buys, one and two seed there. Um Looking at it, I really could see – I think Kansas is going to win this. I mean, I don't think it's going to be really – I think West Virginia and Kansas will be playing each other in this championship. I just, I know people say the Big 12 is the best, but I just don't think the teams – Oklahoma, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Kansas versus Oklahoma in the championship with Kansas beating them. I think Kansas, Oklahoma, and West Virginia, those are the top three teams. I think those are the only three that can win this conference. I'm going to go with Kansas. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas to beat Oklahoma part three. Uh, been a uh, great little rivalry <laughs> this year between those two. Um, but I think Kansas is clear-cut the best team in uh, that, that conference right now. Hey, hey well, what, what are the better odds? Um, Marco Rubio, uh, I mean, the or Auburn winning the SEC tournament. Which one? Which one has uh, the best Rubio. odds, you think? Rubio. What? Rubio. <laughs> Come on, man. You're supposed to say Auburn. I, I don't want to be made to look like a liar. Okay, okay. Hey, you're not a politician at least, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I gave up that dream after my sophomore year of high school. I gave up that dream after watching this year's uh, – Debates, but I would love to get on stage and just tear Donald Trump apart. I think I could do that very well. I have a, 
a mouth on me sometimes, and I can penetrate deep to people. Um, I just wanted to let me <laughs> on there with him. He would, he would just tell me I was stupid, I was a loser, my hands were small, and to get off the stage before he before he threw me out. Hey, something funny, you know? Why are all these fights breaking out at these rallies, man? What do you think it is? The Black Lives Matter thing coming out saying that you know Donald Trump, their violence against them. Is that really violence against them, or are they provoking it, do you think? Because me and you, you know, we're the least racist people in the world. Everybody that knows us knows that. We're all about every every life matters. But do you think this is being provoked, or do you think it's really some some trashy people that are with Trump causing all these problems? Well, I or think would you, there, there Or would you rather some... not answer it? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I think there's some provocation. Um yeah, because there, there's this whole thing where if you know Trump's a racist, so if you support Trump, you're a racist thing, and, and I, I don't believe that. Um, do I know people who are racist that support Trump? Yeah, but I know people who are racist that support Hillary too. So let's let's level that playing field really quick. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of fight being picked on both sides. Um, let's not play out either role here to be innocent in the whole thing. Because there's idiots and dirtbags part of every segment of the population. Yeah, uh, and I, and I and I know someone. I'm not gonna mention any names that said, if you're a Donald Trump supporter, you're a bigot, a racist, uh, you know all this stuff. But I don't think so either. I I don't support him. But if I did vote for him, it would be because I didn't want Hillary Clinton to get it. And I'll go and tell that on the air right now. Hillary Clinton, I do not want her to get it. Um, I think she's had like 20 years to do something, and she hasn't done anything. She's about four foot tall, and every time you hear her talk, she's screaming, trying to act like a man. But it's it's just it's ridiculous, Hillary Clinton, that people would even vote for her. But does that mean I'm a racist if I say I'm going to vote Donald Trump because lesser of the two evils, maybe? I yeah see I, I I'm with you on that saying you're not a racist it's just yeah. you're yeah. making and a I'm, decision look, that's kind of difficult. People that know me they know I'm not. You know people that know me they know that doesn't even cross my mind and stuff like that. I just I just hate people that try to change other people's opinions on how to vote. Mm-hmm. You know I vote who I want to and that's all that really matters. Who you vote right. for, Jonathan, is up to you. I could care less. I'm not going to not be your friend anymore. I'm not going to blast you or say, if you say I like Hillary Clinton, guess what? Jonathan likes Hillary Clinton. I respect that. But it's just people that all they talk about is race and politics and stuff. It just drives me bananas because there's a lot more bigger issues we have out there. You know, you need to be putting your energy into helping other people instead of bashing other people. And that's that's what bothers me. You're You're here to help people, not to persecute them and call them racist and and uh, to do all this. I mean, it's just, it, this is what it's boiled down to. Every And, and that's why, you know, Donald Trump's a, a serious threat because everybody's talking bad about him. And all that does mm-hmm. is really fuel his fire and get these people wanting to vote for him, right? If, if nobody ever talked about Donald Trump, he wouldn't even be getting a vote. But the fact that every time you turn on CNN or Fox, he's on there. He's popular right now, whether it's good or bad popularity. Bad publicity is good publicity, Jonathan, and I think that's 
that's where you can start seeing Donald Trump start getting even more and more, you know, more popular because people are mad. I mean, I don't know if you like Obamacare or not, but it's the, it's probably the worst thing I've ever seen. But uh, some people support it. I, you know, I, but I think I a have lot of people that are paying. Yeah, I mean, we you have to have it. I mean, it raises your premiums up, and it. I mean, seriously, you you look at it. What, what what do you have to do to be able to cash in on Obamacare? Do you have to get run over by a tractor trailer or what? Um, I, I mean, to to be able to sign up for it, you have to make between I think it's like twelve and twenty thousand a year, um, which I find to be odd, but whatever. Um. The, well, the whole well, you're, you're a student. It. You're you're a student, though, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So my qualifications then, wound up being a little different, but um, the the whole thing behind it's just it's idiotic. The system's completely broken. I mean, completely. It, it, you sign up, and it takes you three months just to even get your insurance cards. And then every time you use them, they want to try and alter your policy. It's it's a joke. It's a broken system, and it needs. I don't know if you can overhaul it and fix it because England and Canada have tried to do the same thing, and it's worked out so well for them. Let me let me tell you how well it's worked out for those guys. Um, but I, I, something needs to be done, whether it's trying to do an overhaul, whether it's just doing away with it altogether. You know, because you know they don't want people going in without insurance, and I get that. But at the same time, if the insurance is broken, then what's the point of having it? Yeah, you you don't pay for that either, do you? Uh no, I pay thirty bucks a month. Okay. Now here's what I think. I think all students should have insurance free. I don't think you should you should have to pay. And I think whether you live at home, whether you're you're off, say you go to a college and you're doing that, I think all students should be insured. I don't think they should have a deductible. I think if they're sick, they should be able to go to the doctor. That's it. If you if you work, if you're a professional in the industry or whatever, you're not in school anymore, I think you should be able to choose which policies, which ones you want, and be able to afford them. I just think you're right. I think it's just a, it's a flawed system, really, that I think needs to be overhauled. But, again, I do think people that need insurance that either in school, they can't afford it, they need to be able to have something. Doctors need to be doing pro bono work more instead of just trying to be rich. And I think, you know, other countries, Europe, their insurance is free. Um, so I think maybe we should start looking at how to make our insurance better like that where people aren't. Because, I mean, Jonathan, you're, you're about to be in the workforce once you get out of school, everything, and start your career. You're about what age I was. When I started it, it does matter. When you're looking at jobs, make sure you look at that benefit package, man. Make sure they have a 401K that matches. Make sure that they have good insurance plan because if you don't, you're in trouble. Oh, man, every job, I, every job I've ever taken is the first thing I look at. Um, you know, and I, 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 Not that I have an extremely long work history, but I have one. Um, I've worked for numerous companies, and the benefits package is always the first thing I take a look at because it's and, and, it, and it starts with the health insurance and goes from there. Um, you know, it's it's it is what it is. You know, my my generation's coming up in some weird times. We're having to deal with some weird things, and that's you know, I, I guess it's just part of the cycle. But it, it, whoever our next president is, he's he's really got his work cut here. She. I should say, 
really has their work cut out for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some more advice to you, Jonathan. Try to get in a bigger company if you can. You get more <laughs> money. You get better benefits. And don't wait until you're my age to decide to go to a bigger. I've worked big or small. You know, I've done both. But being in a bigger company has so much more benefits, so many more benefits. Than, than a smaller company. I'm look. I'm 39 right now. I'm gonna work another. I'm gonna work at least another 15 years, you know. And that's that's hopefully about it. I like to enjoy my life, but you start getting old when you start talking about I'm only gonna work 15 more years. Yeah, depressing almost. Yeah. But let's get back to let's get back to some sports real quick. College football. What we do best tonight was about basketball. Sorry, Peyton Manning politics. We had to throw that in. But um, I don't know why LSU is extending Cameron's, uh, the offensive coordinator's contract, three years. What What is Les Miles doing here? He almost got fired because of this guy. And you're extending him for three years. Tell me, what, 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 what's he smoking over here? Or what, what grass is he eating? It doesn't make much sense to me. Um, I don't know if it's a fail-safe extension. Because it's just a continuity um, for recruiting purposes because um, they just pulled off a uh, a big coup and stealing uh, Damian Craig away from, from Auburn. So, um, and I know the the idea is he's gonna he's gonna be the offensive corner to LSU in in a not so distant future. So, I think that's something to keep an eye on. I. I think that there's really going to be more going on here than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And Illinois fires their coach after one year. They bring in a new AD, Lovey Smith, to coach. Really, Lovey Smith. I know you know a lot about him. Is he going to be able to make it in college football? I say he's going to suck just like every other coach has at Illinois. I just don't think he's the man to get it done. Oh, interesting situation. So Bill Cubitt was the head coach. Uh, and he was the interim and then given an extension after the season, uh, oddly enough. Um, and then they fired their athletic director. So they brought in a new athletic director, and the athletic director decided on his first day, ah, I don't want Bill Cuban. I'm going to fire him. Hats off to you for having the, the hutzpah to do that. I mean, wow. You know, your first day on the job, and you're already firing the head coach out of season. Um, so, Lovey Smith, my best uh, comparison uh, would be Randy Shannon. I think Lovey Smith's going to run a clean program at Illinois. I think he's going to do a solid job. They're going to have a high graduation rate. They're going to have a, 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 a low tolerance for any sort of tomfoolery, and they're going to win six to eight games a year. Uh, and I think that's about all you can ask for in Illinois. Will there be years where they're going to uh, compete and have a great year? Yeah, but don't get used to it. Lovey's going to run a good, clean program and just try to make sure that uh, they stay out of the headlines for negative. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh's comments blasting Butch Jones on Twitter, telling him not to worry about – he said, suggestions to my Rocky Top colleague, rather than lunch in Florida, you might spend your time and focus attending your present team, attending to your present team. What a burn, man. Jim Harbaugh is just unleashing. I like Jim. I I like his uh... – his little flair there, the the spunkiness. He's he's going after guys, um, and I mean he's within bounds. I you know he has a point. Uh, there was the whole 
uh, Bielema and Butch Jones are going to get together and have lunch and go see the IMG practice uh, for Michigan, which the NCAA, I guess, told them they weren't allowed to do, oddly enough. Uh, but Michigan's allowed to have the practice, but nobody else allowed to go see it, but whatever. Uh, I thought that was kind of the point of it up in practice. Um, but, you know, Harbaugh's not taking anything from anybody, and I think that that's needed, and honestly, I love it from the standpoint of a college football fan because it just makes it so much more fun. I'm mm-hmm. hoping Michigan yeah. and Tennessee get together in the near future so we can have uh, some fireworks. Oh, they will. They will. What about Derrick Henry, the Heisman Trophy winner, showing up at the combine with two Big Macs in his mouth, weighing about 300 pounds? What do you think about that? Well, he ran a 40 time that stunned me. I'll give him that. Um, uh, and and the, all, all of his measurables, I'll tell you what, those weren't two Big Macs in his mouth. Those were two needles in his rear end. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I hate to make unfounded accusations like that, but there's no way that boy put on that it. much weight. No way that boy put on that much weight, and, and all of a sudden he got faster. Come on now. Let's, let's be honest for a second, everybody. That boy put on a good probably thirty pounds, and you're gonna tell me it was all muscle, and he did it all natural. Yeah, all right. Let me let me go ahead and see if I can do the same dang dang thing. No, I mean come on, but boy, you are you stop. accusing and, Alabama of using steroids? Their players? Uh, like I know, I've been doing it, it, like, un, unheard of. Like I've been doing it for years and years, and nobody listens to me, and and uh, now the, you think they'll start listening to us a little bit? Uh, I, they'll listen, but nothing will get done. You and I both know that. It's Alabama. I mean, I think Florida, uh, and I've had the conversations with Gator fans about the, the flu scare that happened with the team right for Ole Miss. Look, you can't drug test somebody. You can't drug test players if they, quote, unquote, have the flu because it, uh, their medication will show up on the drug test and it'll give a false positive. All right. So whatever those players were doing, whatever they were on, that's that's what they were trying to hide with the flu. I think that there is juicing going on in college football. I think the NCAA is trying to crack down, and I think teams are just getting slick about it because they're the ones who are providing the athletes with the substance. Yeah, that's, you know, I've been talking about that for a long time. And here's some good news. Kirby Smart um, comes in, the new Georgia head coach, takes away Jake from um, he was committed to Alabama, switched it to be, you know, to Georgia. What do you think? Kirby Smart leaving his old team and stealing from him as well. And that's, that's something I just really – I just really don't like stuff like that. And maybe it's just me being old-fashioned and seeing Muschamp trying to do it. And I don't know. I just think you recruited – and you know they recruited – Kirby Smart recruited him to Alabama, right? You know, he's probably mm-hmm. you even built a relationship with him. Obviously he did, or he wouldn't have flipped to Georgia. What do you think about that? Um, crafty, slick, uh, you know, and, and one of those things where it's like, you know what? Uh, people are trying to do it to us. Hats off to them, and at the same time, that's some dirty, nasty tactics, and I don't like it either. Yeah, but Saban would do it too. So, I mean, oh, God, I, yeah. I, I just don't like it. That and, and here's why I don't like it. It's like you're paying Kirby Smart to coach there. So, while he's at Alabama, he's getting paid money to recruit this player that Nick Saban says I want or whatever. 
okay, Alabama paid you this salary to do that. Now your Georgia's paying you this salary. I do not think you should be able to pull players that, that you actually recruited at the school that was paying you to do it. That's, the, that's my thoughts. It's like stealing in a way. And uh, if you, it's like me leaving the company I left, right? Say, say I was leaving. I turned in my two-week notice. While I was at two weeks, I'm pulling away the talent while I'm there lining them up. So when I start my new job, I steal from that company. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go out there and steal one now. You know, I've been going a, a month almost, so I may go in there and pick one of them. That's up to them. If they want to come follow me, they can. But I just don't think Kirby's smart the way they do it. I think there needs to be a rule put in place. And if you elect me president, I will make sure that no more coaches do this. Well, I, I honestly, what I think this debate, you know, what, what this uh, prospect flipping, what the debate it furthers is um, – commit to the school, not the coach. And I think that's a big problem. I think kids commit to coaches and not the actual programs and wonder why they're unhappy. You know, if more kids committed to the schools, they wanted to be at that school, they want to be at that institution, you know, this is where I'm going to live for the next four years. We wouldn't have instances like this happen, but so many kids commit just for the coaches, and that leads to uh, circumstances such as these. Yep. This this is what we're going to do. And trust me, guys, if you're college football fans out there and you want to hear more college football, we'll give it to you. We're just we had to right now, Jonathan. We have to focus on spring, will, and we will focus on March Madness, the NBA playoffs getting ready to come up. But man, I'm going to have to run. We're at an hour and a half right now, and uh, thank you for joining me, man. And again. You turned 22 last Sunday. Happy birthday again. I know you, you went on a rant the other day about, hey, if you haven't talked to me in the last year, don't tell me happy birthday. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a coming to terms, if you will, with a bunch of uh, former acquaintances. Um, and I will say that most of them were eradicated from my life, whether it was electronically, personally, or somewhere in between. Well, you can't say that about me, Jonathan. I talk to you every week, so you can't really say that about me. <laughs> Exactly. That's why you're not eradicated. Come on now. The minute you're coming off, right? <laughs> that's when you get worried, right? I'm like you. I'm like you. When I cut somebody off, I cut them off. There's no in-between. There's no – you're done. I don't I don't usually do second chances too much, but unless you're family. If you're family, I do, but that's about it. That's about it. But, Jonathan – Thanks for joining us. What day works better for you this week to do a show? You know uh, well, we I'm going to be in Atlanta Wednesday through Friday. Um, so, I, I obviously, I, I, I'm going to be a little busy. Um, but Monday, Tuesday work, Saturday, Sunday work. Okay. So, are you going to be able to meet me this week? Oh, oh hell, I'm pretty sure we can figure something out. What what part of Atlanta are you going to be in? Uh, I want to say I'm in Bicentennial Park uh, for most of it. Um, okay. I might be up in Midtown and Buckhead at certain points. Okay, well, let me know. Shoot me a text message, and I'll try. If you got time for dinner, let me know, and I'll meet you up there. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. All right, bud. We'll talk to you this week, and uh, everybody out there, make sure you – Follow us on Twitter at Way In Sports. Uh, we do have a Facebook group. We'd love to have you. And go to ultimatesportstalk.com as well. 
and check us out there. Jonathan, everybody have a great week. God bless and enjoy the debate. Y'all too. Have a great one. All right, you too. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.